and good morning and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you for joining us this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We appreciate you being here. Uh, it's always good to laugh in the morning, that's for sure, just when you get started. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and allow individuals to join us online while we um, um, play some music for you. Uh, Pastor Michael Lampton, the Adoration Medley, he's going to be singing a portion of that anyway. And uh, thanks for being here this morning. We appreciate you being here. Good morning, uh, Brother Roscoe. Glad to see you. Good morning, Clorinda. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you got your coffee, if you drink coffee. And if you don't drink coffee, how come? <laughs> Good morning, Ronnie. <laughs> Amen. 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 Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Jackie. Hi. Good morning. Back at it once again, live stream Sunday school. We appreciate you being here. We recognize it's very important for us to be able to do this online because some of us just can't get to church like we used to. Amen? So we do what we can to make sure that we have a complete experience for everybody who's able to. We appreciate you so much. Jackie, hope you're doing okay this morning. Amen. These singing pastors, I'll tell you. Amen. Pastor Michael Lampton, the Adoration Medley. You reference John chapter 2 before he started, just so you know. Lisa, good morning. John chapter 2 is what he referenced in. Good morning, Lisa. Hang in there, hang in there. Every day is a new day in the Lord. And by the way, we're realists. We know that some days are much, much better than other days. We recognize that God gets us through each and every one of them with his power and grace and his mercy. So we always want to keep that in mind as we do what we do. Amen. very indicative of how we just give praise to the Lord. I can't sing like that, though. I think I'd lose my voice if I tried to sing like that. Amen. 
it's always it's a good idea to always say God is good all the time, but we need to make sure that we always recognize what He means by good, and and just keep that in mind when we talk about His goodness. Um, he truly is good because He loves us. We just need to always make sure that we're not saying it flippantly or saying it in such a way where it's diminished by our tone or our inflection. He truly is good, but we recognize that there are other people who have a hard time. We want to make sure that we're sensitive to that, too. That's a general statement for everybody. Amen, amen. The living word. Interestingly enough, and Arlen didn't know that he did this, but he picked uh, this today, speaking about John chapter 2. We have some very, very good news for all of you as we follow up with a new study coming up for uh, live stream Sunday school. So, good stuff. It's a good way to follow up biblical inerrancy, actually. Thank you, Pastor Michael Lampkin, for the introduction for today's live stream Sunday School Adoration Medley. Um, he's singing and giving honor to the Lord um, as he is going to John chapter 2. But uh, we, we will uh, let you know what we're, we mean about the great follow-up uh, ba- based upon what the music is saying here coming up for Sunday School. Let's go through the announcements really quick. First of all, I want to make a note that um, Pastor Gus um, has a message and uh, if you're in Akron, you can see the message <laughs> uh, when you get to church. We had a little bit of difficulty, I think, yesterday with the upload of the message online, but we do have a message available online after Sunday school for you to look at. Uh, it is going to be a throwback, flashback message from earlier this year from March on God and education. We'll have that on the timeline available and ready to go at, at uh, after Sunday school. You can watch that. And perhaps what we'll be able to do later on today is find a way to get the message that he recorded uploaded for viewing at a later time today. We'll see how that works. But in the meantime, we've still got uh, still got a message for you available on the timeline after Sunday school uh, when it is over with. So we appreciate you uh, your patronage with that. We um, want to make sure that we remember to uh, take care of our tithes and offerings as well. Uh, we appreciate your contributions. We appreciate the fact that we're still able to tend to business at our church and take care of the bills, the utilities, and all the things that need to be paid for. Um, if you are not able to come to church today and use our drop box for the tithes or offerings, you're welcome to mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate you remembering that each week. It is part of our worship and ministry responsibility to give our tithes and offerings, and so we want to recognize that for what it is. And, of course, we always say give what you can. Don't do something that's going to put you 
in a place of position where you're not able to take care of your own bills, for goodness sake. So yeah, you have to you take care of your bills. Uh, <laughs> amen. And then you, you take care of uh, the matter of tithes and offerings. You pray about that and let the Lord speak to you as to what you should do. I think that's always the approach you should take. That should never be an exception. It should always do that. Okay, and with that in mind, we have enough material here to get started and get into Sunday school so that we don't uh, lose too much time. It looks like we'll be concluding our study on biblical inerrancy today. I don't anticipate we'll be going past session 25. We've got 25 sessions on biblical inerrancy. That's uh, pretty, uh, pretty impressive. That's just about half a year of the study. Uh, but what we've got here is a, an opportunity for us to see now how we take this whole thing about the Bible and make sure that we are using the resources that we have. We have a myriad of resources available to us. We are blessed beyond measure about the different ways we can uh, see God's Word, look at God's Word, gain understanding of God's Word through uh, uh, source materials as well, too. So we want to make sure that we are doing all we can. Of course, this content is adapted from how we got the Bible um, via Bible.org by Sid Litke, as a master's in theology from the Dallas Theological Seminary. Great material by Mr. Litke um, uh, on this, and it's worth paying attention to. It's, it lines up with a lot of the things that I believe as far as how we are supposed to go about our business. And I don't expect everybody to be a Bible scholar, but I do expect everybody to be at, at least have the knowledge enough of the Bible to be able to speak whenever they're called upon to be ready to say something about who the Lord Jesus Christ is and what he means to you. If you can't do that, then you basically need to just get busy and just start looking at God's word and praying and seeking the Lord's wisdom as to how you can do these very things. So let's go ahead and get into this lesson today. And we are back in the subject of interpretation, and we're adding now the subjects illumination and application, and that will finish us up for the study. And it's important for us to be able to interpret, to be spoken to by the Spirit, and how to apply God's Word in our life. Amen? That's what this is all about. That's what this teaching is about. And we've got some passages to look at here as well, too. But we appreciate you being here every Sunday morning as well, too, just to get together and be able to speak online and be able to be prayerful uh, with, over each other as well, too, because life happens. Amen? And things happen in life. We want to make sure that we're addressing those things. We don't ever want to go so quickly that we don't pay attention to life happening uh, for each one of us because something is always going on, but we always want to be sensitive to that too. So this is also a time of prayer where we need to stop and pray over individuals. We want to get through the lesson, of course, but you can always pray about the individuals involved uh, offline as well too. So let's go ahead and get started with a word of prayer for this particular lesson, and we will get started. Amen. Father, we just thank you for you're just giving us the ability, number one, to be able to come together as we do and be able to sit quietly and now hear the Spirit speak to us. Give us what we need, <clears throat> pardon me, for greater understanding, for wisdom, for knowledge. As you teach in Scripture about how important it is for us to recognize that you indeed are that source of wisdom and knowledge that we rely upon. You're that source that we rely upon, Lord where we come to you through the power of the Spirit and you speak to us and give us peace in times of difficulty, <clears throat> that you give us what we need in times of stress, that you give us what we need in times of where we need to just stop and relax a moment in you. The stresses of this world today require that we have this 
plan to stay focused in you at all times. We thank you, Lord, for how you show us these things. You help us to recognize these things, and you teach us these things. And, Lord, we want to rely upon the Bible as your truth and your word because you are indeed the living word. And we thank you for that teaching. And we thank you for the Spirit giving us that illumination of that information. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, everyone, we're going to get into the study. Keep your Bibles handy because we have some things to look at. But let's get into the last part of the subject of interpretation. And um, we want to make sure that we're using the recommended resources here. There are some resources that uh, Sid Lickie is mentioning here, and, and I would also recommend the same things as well, too. And we appreciate the fact that we have these different sources like I said, we're blessed beyond measure because we have much, so much more than what people had in the past as far as resources. But even they had uh, people who to rely upon to help interpret the word and, and give, it, give the truth that Jesus declares. And that's the thing that we want to understand here, too. That ch- the church that Jesus set forth is the place where we go for this information. We do so with the mindfulness that that church needs to be teaching the word and preaching the word. If it's not doing that, you need to get out of that church. And go somewhere else because just because somebody calls himself a church doesn't mean that they're a church that's following Jesus Christ and following his word. So I say that because the the reality is is that uh, Satan has confused a lot of people about what is truth. And we have to kind of call out those individuals. And and even scripture warns about those individuals who have taken God's word and uh, butchered it, uh, basically betrayed the Lord or will take, take something and try to get their own attention for their own personal meaning. We talked about that last week, we, how, how important it is for us, for us to avoid people, uh, avoid irreverent babble, because all it does is it leads people into ungodliness. That's from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16. We don't want to ever do that. So let's look at some resources that we can look at for interpretation purposes. If we need to be able to uh, interpret Scripture... Uh, I'm number one, I think I've mentioned this myself, to a study Bible. A study Bible is very important to do that very thing. Everyone should have a study Bible. Uh, anybody who's serious about the Word should have a study Bible. If you're a brand new believer, a study Bible is going to be helpful for understanding as well, too. It's a basic background for each book. It gives you a background for whatever chapter you're reading in Scripture. The study Bibles will have that laid out usually in the front. It gives explanations on verses, and it has notes. And, you, we, of course, uh, there's a recommendation for, like, the Ryrie Study Bible by Moody Press, the NIV Study Bible by Zondervan, uh, the Applications the, the application Study Bibles. There's a, they're called Life Application Study Bibles. The Life Application Bibles might be some of the best out there. They come in many, many different uh, denominations. Tyndale Publishers is one. And, it, of course, we, we've got new study Bibles out the... Uh, Pardon me. Yeah, the Tony. I was just going to say that the Tony Evans Study Bible in the Christian Standard Bible version. There's many different study Bibles out there. Get a study Bible if you don't have one. It's going to help you for greater understanding. Of course, I mentioned before concordance. Very important to have that to find words or topics elsewhere in Scripture. You can see how certain words are used uh, in Bible verses in different areas of Scripture. You have the Young's Concordance, the Strong's Concordance. Uh, or the NIV or the NASV exhaustive concordance, or any Bible software program, which I, I recommend eSword. I've 
I've followed eSword for many years. It's an excellent Bible program that's uh, basically free. It's a free program. You can get extra modules available um, for nominal amounts of money to, to include uh, for download with your computer or your iPhone. It's, it's for all devices, uh, iPhone, Android, all of them. The, the eSword is, is, a, is an excellent recommended resource. I use it all the time. It does a great job. Um, and you can get a basic concordance there within uh, that program as well as others as well, too. A Bible dictionary. Bible dictionary is very important for background or information on geography, uh, for history, for culture. How important is it for you to know the context of what's being written? Sometimes those dictionaries will be able to give you that information to help you. New Unger's Bible Dictionary by Moody Press, the New Bible Dictionary. There's a lot of Bible dictionaries out there. There's many, many of them. Bible Doctrine. Um, a Bible Doctrine Survey for a topical study of major areas of truth. We always want to make sure that we are, whatever we're sourcing when it comes to information in God's Word, that we are always going back to what's the content, what is the context of the passage. And Bible Doctrine is very important for us to know that too. There is Charles Ryrie, Moody Press, has a survey of Bible Doctrine, Basic Theology, also by Charles Ryrie. You hear Ryrie's name a lot here too. Ryrie is a very important name in history when it comes to biblical knowledge because of how he digs in and gives us what we need. Bible commentaries. Commentaries are good. Um, I, I always want to caution people a little bit about commentaries because they help you to understand things, but sometimes there are different interpretations in different commentaries. And, and I don't want to make it sound like that's wildly uh, unusual. It's not. There are going to be certain, there are certain areas or passages in Scripture where a lot of it we just kind of guess. We just don't really know because God has not revealed in, in totality what a certain passage means. But commentaries help us to gain greater understanding to get us closer to the truth or as close as we can to the truth. And so Bible knowledge commentaries are out there. There's many of them. I don't want to necessarily get into mentioning those because you'll find those typically uh, at your bookstore. You'll see commentaries out there and if you have questions about that, you can pray about it. Ask somebody who, have, who has knowledge about what commentary they prefer, what they like. I don't have any specific recommendations about commentaries. I just want to point that out, that sometimes it's important for us to just get in there and just start digging in and see what we can find. So with that in mind, now we can go to the topic of illumination. What is illumination? Well, anyone who reads the scripture can see the words and study the facts like any other literature, but the Bible is unique in that God inspired the Word to teach us and to change our life. Amen? Uh, it's inspired. Turn, to, uh, turn your Bibles and electronic devices, everybody, to 2 Timothy 3.16. This is a passage we've looked at before. But 2 Timothy 3.16 reminds us of what the purpose of Scripture is. You know, everything has a purpose. Is it fair to mention that? Everything has a purpose. We've we got to make sure that we recognize that uh, God has a purpose in us knowing his word, of course, is to reveal himself to us, to show himself for who he is and his character. 2 Timothy 3.16, I'm going to read the ESV version. Um, my bride may put up the new NLT version. I don't know which one she'll put up, but I think that's what she'll put up. But the English Standard Version of that is, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All scripture is breathed out by God. And that's what, why we always come back to this topic about biblical inerrancy. Where does scripture come from? Is it some, a bunch of guys, a bunch of folks who 
over a period of 1,500 years or something just decided to write something for the sake of getting attention? Of course not. It's God's inspired word. Amen? That's what we have to come back to. God knew exactly what he was doing. God wanted to make sure that it was very clear that these words are not just random words put in a book someplace for us to rely upon. The naysayers, the people who deny God's word, uh, basically are doing so because they don't want to follow God. And so don't listen to them. Uh, I think that's the best way to put it. And pray for those individuals to have the truth. I've seen people online um, in different comments make a statement saying, well, God's word, it's all over the place. It, it's, it's written by a bunch of different people. It's all... That's, well, that just comes out of, when you make a statement like that, it just comes out of ignorance over what God's word truly is. It's, it's nothing of the sort. You have to get into it more and do some more reading and studying if you really want to do that, and you'll find that out, and the Spirit will speak to you. And that's what illumination is going to be. He's going to speak to you about this. God was at work in producing the text of Scripture, and he is also at work in the mind of the believer who reads it and desires to use it to affect his life. The Spirit indwells. All believers. Take a look at Romans chapter 8, verse 9. Romans 8, 9. Romans 8, 9. I want you to see, I love how there's different passages here being mentioned about the role of the Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit, is absolutely one of the most important things we can have in our walk in faith for Jesus Christ. We have an indwelling Spirit that helps us. And look at what it says in Romans 8 9. This is, the, this is the New Living Translation version. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. You either belong to him or you don't. Amen? It's a very clear statement. And the Spirit is part and parcel of you becoming a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You say you believe in the Lord, and, the, and Jesus knew before he said the Spirit would appear that all believers would need the Spirit to help them in this life that we have. If we didn't have the Spirit, we would not be able to in any way, shape, or form overcome our own flesh. We would not be able to overcome the, the temptations of the world. We would not be able to overcome any uh, persecution of any sort. Uh, the world wouldn't need to persecute us if we didn't have the indwelling spirit because we wouldn't have Jesus. So at the end of the day, that's what we have to recognize, that he helps us through all of these situations and circumstances. And one other passage real quick, 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. First Corinthians twelve thirteen. We're all different. Amen. We all come from different backgrounds, cultures, races. But even scripture points this out, and we recognize that. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body and by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. It's all the same spirit, no matter where you come from, no matter who you are. We truly are a diverse group of people living in the body of Christ because we have the same spirit. We can truly say to someone from a different race, a different culture, a different background, uh, even a different language, 
that we are brothers and sisters in Christ because we have the Holy Spirit, the one spirit. We're all together in this. We're all in this together, and we need to pray as believers, praying for each other in the body of Christ. That's why it's so important for us, even as we talk about getting together online for Sunday school, to be prayerful for each other. We all go through stuff. We all go through things that are unpleasant, difficult, and there are times we can rejoice together because things are just wonderful. But at the end of the day, we need to be prayerful in the spirit for each other uh, because uh, some of us need to be picked up. There are moments we need to be picked up and encouraged, and we always want to recognize that and be sensitive to that. And guess who gives us that sensitivity? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us that sensitivity. Uh, no matter how you're, what you're going through personally, you still should be able to pray for someone else who's in need. And that's what the Spirit does and reminds us about. The Spirit is active in this process, and it is sometimes called illumination. That's where we got the word illumination. Illumination is necessary for the Bible to change lives. The Bible, the power, the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit is what helps to change lives. Of course, we are new in Christ as new believers, right? But there is a constant process of growing in Christ that must take place because we believe that Scripture is true. The Bible is truth, as we've been told over and over again by the Scriptures, and we recognize the Spirit has to help to show this very thing to us. By defining illumination as the ministry of the Holy Spirit helping the believer to understand and apply the truth of the Bible. And that comes from none other than Charles Ryrie. (laughs) He is just amazing with how he defines uh, Scripture. So illumination is indeed the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The work of the Spirit. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 10. Illumination is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is the one who reveals these things to us. We need to see that. Scripture affirms that when we look at 1 Corinthians 2.10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Wow, that's a very powerful passage. Can't say that too fast. Powerful passage. (laughs) We want to recognize that God is speaking to us. His spirit searches out for us everything. Has God not revealed things to you over time that you didn't even think about searching out yourself? He does that. He has the ability to show us things that we're not even looking for, but Even when we are looking, he will show us. He'll answer us. When He always says, ask, uh, seek, and knock. Amen? These are things that he tells us to do because God wants to reveal things to us as we go. And we recognize that the asking, seeking, and knocking is not always about getting immediate answers. It's about getting answers over time. But I want you to understand that that's what he truly will do for you. Illumination is the Holy Spirit's work in believers. And we saw that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. And we have to understand that, drop down to verse 13, just same area, 1 Corinthians 2.13. That whole passage, 1 Corinthians is rich on material about the Holy Spirit, just so you know. Um, Paul is giving us a, a lot to consider here about what the Holy Spirit does. He's revealing things that the Spirit has done for him. But he's saying here in verse 13, when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. 
Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. That's the totality of Scripture, amen? Scripture is given by the Spirit to those who are writing and recording the information for us. It is truly God's Word. That is what we stand on. That is what we are to always remember. It's the Holy Spirit doing the work in believers and not in some mystical power of the words of Scripture. We, mystical power. I think I actually did a post about uh, some sort of a, a, a special power or, or enlightenment or something. I don't remember now what it is. I probably shouldn't have even brought it up. But the bottom line is that <laughs> it has to do with not relying upon uh, – it's not magic, okay? It's not anything other than the fact that uh, God's Word is powerful on its own because it is God's, it is God's speaking, is God's truth that's being given to us. So we need to recognize that. In illumination, the Holy Spirit will use our study and meditation not only to help us understand Scripture, but to apply it to our lives. We're going to get to the application part uh, at the, towards the end of this particular session. The Bible reader's accuracy, honesty, and spiritual life can all affect the Spirit's ministry of illumination. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Notice how we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, excuse me. Let's look at verses 1 through 3. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 1 to 3. And we recognize that there is going to be a growth process because uh, Paul is actually saying this in his letter to the Corinthians. He's saying there's going to be a growth process because he's going to acknowledge that there are some people in his midst that were having a hard time. They were still, they were, they were supposed to be learning. Maybe they weren't the way they were supposed to. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, this is the NLT version. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you, talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. Verse 2, I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food. Amen? We've seen this before. This is applicable today for many people. No one... No present company, present company excluded. Amen. You're, you're more Bible, you're closer to Bible scholars than you'll ever be, and you're just going to keep working and striving for that as well too. Had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready. Verse three, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? We should be sinning less and praising God more. Amen? As we get older, as we get into this word more and more, we should be finding, we should make sure that there are opportunities for us to sin less, worship and praise God more. That's what our growth and progression in the Spirit is supposed to be doing. We are striving to be Bible scholars. Amen? We are going to, uh, I'm not going to ever call myself a Charles Ryrie or anybody like that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to do the best I can. Uh, to make sure that I'm doing uh, what's necessary to... <laughs> um, my wife puts amen down there. I'm going to do my best as I can that to make sure... Oh, that was for the other comment. <laughs> that was for the other comment. No problem at all. A uh, little levity here. Um, I'm still learning, so we just want to keep going forward. But we all should have that attitude, amen? We all should have the attitude we want to learn and grow in Christ. That's what this is all about. That's what I'm. That's what I'm referring to here, everybody. Uh, nothing more or less than that. We 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 don't want to be still having being fed with milk because we we we're way beyond that now, right? We should be way beyond that. We're not. 
babes in Christ. We are uh, we're supposed to be now brothers and sisters in Christ, people who are uh, truly praying for each other and helping each other through difficult times. The Spirit uses those with the gift of teaching or exhortation to help in the process of illumination. And you know what? I... I, I just, I'm going to go past that and just say it's an honor to be able to teach. Amen. It's an honor to be able to share God's truth with other people. And if you have that gift of teaching, praise the Lord. It's a, it's a great gift. There is a responsibility for that gift as well, too. And I take it very, very seriously. I'm pretty sure I said that last week when I mentioned it um, because I remember mentioning it myself. But at the, at the, Go to Romans 12, verse 7. It's a very brief verse, but I want to see, show, show you what it says here. We all have gifts, amen? We all have gifts of service of some sort that the Spirit gives to us that God has endowed us with. So we need to use them. We need to use these gifts. We need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to serve to our greatest ability in the body of Christ. Romans 12, 7 says... If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. And of course, that's the thing that we want to recognize here about teaching. You got to be a good teacher, amen. Teach well. If you're if you're in that position of teaching, you you need to do that. So when we read and study Scripture, it's important for us to consciously remember the Holy Spirit's illuminating ministry in our life and ask God to teach us. Illumination does not guarantee that we will always interpret or understand Scripture accurately. God uses our skill, knowledge, and integrity as well because we have to recognize that we all have something to learn. We may not get it right the first time. We may still need to go and seek the Spirit more and more as He teaches us. I, I'm, it's interesting that God you know, will allow us sometimes to come back and see a mistake that we've made and fix it. And that's something that's important for us to recognize too. I know that when... We have a podcast that goes out uh, for the church, and we also always want to make sure that what we're teaching is truth and what we're sharing is truth. But a true uh, person who teaches will teach accurately, as much as accurate as accurately as possible, and come back later. And if you miss misspeak, you'll make the correction. You'll you'll do that if you know you've made the the mistake. Amen. So that's important for us to recognize too. You're always going to do what you can. We have. T- skills, knowledge, and integrity that we want to uh, uphold when we come it comes to teaching God's Word. Okay, so that's illumination. And I want to look at one more passage before we, we leave illumination. Um, go to John 16, 13. Uh, one of, this is something that Jesus shared. Uh, John 16, 13. This is something Jesus shared when he was speaking to his disciples. Uh, and he was speaking in general for all of us because we need to recognize that um, we have the power through the Spirit to do many, many things. But the, one, the most important thing we can do is be guided into truth and stay in truth. When the Spirit comes, this is the ESV version I'm reading. The NLT version is on the screen. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And we need to thank God for this. We need to thank God for who he truly is and what he's doing and how he is speaking to us, how he's ministering to us. Um, one more passage real quick. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 2, 
verse 13. Now, I'm, I know that the NLT version is, is uh, posted online, or is going to be posted online, but I want to read the ESV version because this is what we're here to do. We're here to give praise to God for what he's done for us and what he continues to do for us. We, we, we prayed about this earlier, about how God teaches us. He gives us wisdom. He gives us knowledge. He's worthy of our praise. Amen? And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Amen. That's what it's all about, everybody. That's what we always want to come back to when it comes to how we approach how God illuminates his word to us. It's the word of God. It's not the word of some guy or a group of guys who got together and wrote. I mean, that's what we want to recognize. Yes. Well, it's, you have to understand, when people diminish Scripture, they diminish even the people who are writing it. I mean, <laughs> that's, what, so that's what it comes down to. Some dude. Um, some, it was not that it... Yes, they were human beings. They were chosen by God to write these words, but they were being illuminated by the Spirit to write the words. That's what we have to come back to. That's a matter of believing. You either believe it or you don't believe it. And a lot of people choose not to believe. Remember that. A lot of people that encounter Jesus Christ in face-to-face chose not to believe in Jesus Christ, even though their Lord and Savior was standing right in front of them. So we have to recognize that for what it truly is. That's what Satan will do to people. They, you'll, see, you'll see truth and you'll just deny it. And there's a, lot of tr- there's a lot of things out there that are just undeniably untrue. And yet people will still choose to believe it. And that's because it's the world we live in. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world of Satan's domain. And they'll see things that are untrue and will still choose to follow those things. What do you think that is? That's just the opposite of what Christ would have you to do. So please always keep that in mind as we look at... When we talk about spiritual warfare, when we talk about what spiritual warfare is, it's a war of the minds. It's a war of your, for your mind, and we have to recognize it as well, too. Uh, when we say putting on the full armor of God, of course, it's not necessarily like you're in a physical battle. It's a battle of the mind. That's what this is all about. That's what the Spirit does to help you to overcome those moments uh, where you, you are struggling with that. Finally, the subject of application. Application. And this is something that we have to recognize Here's something that's interesting. It has often been said that a passage has one interpretation but many applications. In other words, there is only one true meaning. God doesn't speak out both sides of his mouth and mean two different things at once. (laughs) An example of that is in Ephesians 4.25 where it means don't tell a lie. Um, We have to recognize that there are people who will take a passage and give it a different meaning based upon what they want to see how it fits in the way they're teaching or in the way they're speaking. Now, there are many applications in Scripture, yes, when it comes to a passage, but there's only one true meaning. But you can have examples, for example, for applications of the truth. How, different, how many different ways can we tell the truth? We tell the truth on our tax forms. Amen. We tell the truth to your spouse. We tell the truth to your boss. And these are many different ways we can apply truth. Amen. Now, 
When I say tax forms, listen, there is nothing wrong with taking the legal <laughs> method, the ways you can legally pay the fewest taxes possible. And if you don't do that, then why? I mean, you know, you if you want to keep more of your own money, your hard-earned money, you're going to use the legal means necessary to make sure that you're paying your taxes and paying them in the right manner. No one wants to pay taxes. No one likes paying taxes unless you just love paying your tax. I don't know anybody who loves paying taxes. Uh, <laughs> but you can take the legal means necessary and be truthful on your tax forms. Um, don't be that person. Don't be a, a Wesley Snipes. Or people <laughs> that got in trouble for tax evasion. Amen? Uh, he just came to mind because, you know, it's just, don't be that person. Amen? Uh, it's not a good place to be. Uh, you're going to have to pay one way or the other. I guess I'm cracking somebody up online. I, don't really, <laughs> I can tell. But having said that, we need to make sure that we as believers are exuding truth. And that's exactly what this means. We have to make sure that we're truthful. Let's look at some key passages here to talk about this and move on. Amen. Um, go to James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. James 1, verses 22 through 25. This is important for us to recognize right at his face value. James is telling us. Remember, James wrote his, bi his book, his Bible. James wrote his book, this passage, this letter. Um, to believers. This is uh, directed specifically to believers, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's giving us instruction that's very valuable. And we need this instruction because why? We're in the flesh. Sometimes we just do things we, we shouldn't do. And he reminds us how important it is for us to look at this. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. That's verse 22. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Hmm. For if you listen to the word and don't and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. You get that? Just do what the Bible tells you. Do what God's word says. He's going to bless you for it. And he's saying it in a very simplistic manner. We hinder our blessings when we are untruthful. Amen? We stop those blessings when we stay in falsehoods, when we live a lie. And that's what we need to always recognize, too. There is a consequence for living a lie, being untruthful. And there is a very, very good result when we indeed stay in truth because God's going to bless you for it. Have you not been blessed because you stayed true? Everybody else may be living a lie, but you stayed true, and yet God's going to bless you for it. It's a great separator. There's no question about it. Titus 1.1 says, The knowledge of truth that leads to godliness in the NIV version. So the process of application. How do we apply Scripture to our lives? Amen? Meditate on the Scripture. One of the things that we talk about in, in living in God's image for those of you who have heard that before, I'm going to trust that many of you have heard that. Living in God's image. Investigating God's word. The next, the letter M is meditating on his word. Meditation on the scripture. Not meditation as in saying om. Meditation as in looking at the word of God as you have 
uh, read it, studied it in your daily Bible readings, in your different readings of Scripture. Joshua 1.8 and Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2, tell us to meditate on the Word of God day and night. That's the first passages in Psalm, the book of Psalms. The process of spiritual growth involves thinking biblically. We must reprogram our minds to see our life and choices from God's perspective. A rushed three-minute scripture reading or devotional book doesn't amount to much meditation and reprogramming time. Memorizing scripture is a great way to allow God's truth to soak in. That's in Psalm 119.11. And understand something. We don't we want you to read the Bible, but we want you to be successful in reading the Bible. I like how he said three-minute scripture reading or devotional book is not going to get it done. Now, that's a, that's a comment. Even when you read Our Daily Bread, that's not three minutes of time. That's longer than three minutes of time because they give you passages to look at and read and study. Our Bible reading plan, the two-year plan we have, seven to ten minutes a day of the reading, but you meditate on that word. So you're spending more time in the Word. It's closer to 15 minutes. How hard is it sometimes for us to cut aside 15 minutes of time? We are busy lives. We, we have so many distractions. There are so many things that keep us from being in God's Word. For even 15 minutes, we need to fight and press for that. Press for the time in the Word. Stay in the Word. And so I appreciate the comment being made about three minutes isn't going to get it done. Um... Three minutes is not going to be anything that's going to help you to meditate on the word for any length of time. And so I recognize what the author is saying here, that we have to have the attitude to get into Scripture and memorize it. There are some passages we need to memorize. Um, let's look at Psalm 119.11 since we, we mentioned it. Psalm 119.11. It's on the timeline. Thank you. Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. There you go. That's a word. That's a, that's a phrase, um, a Bible verse that you can memorize. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh, it's something that we need to always come back to and remember. When we have scripture memorized, and you know, if you, the more you memorize, that's great, but it's all about application, amen? That's what we're talking about here. You can memorize scripture, but you've got to apply it. Application is the key here. We don't want to memorize scripture and then say, what? Who? You need to be able to take that, that word and apply it. That's important for us to do. That's why we're having this conversation, amen? Relate the meaning of scripture to yourself. How does it relate to you? Yes, this was written for different people in a different time, in a different place. And the context is important and relevant, but it still applies to you. The scripture is for you. God is speaking to you through his scripture. Once we know the biblical principle, we must relate it somehow to our own life. I mean, if we don't do that, why is it even relevant? It has to be relevant to your life. To do that, we have to understand God's our own needs and our own weaknesses. And yes, we have our own needs. We have our own weaknesses. We have things we need to recognize. Um... Let me look at Romans 12:3 real quick. Romans 12:3. We have needs and weaknesses. We want to recognize that we have these the reason why we are doing this is because we are fleshly. We're in the flesh. 
It says in Romans 12:3, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Amen? Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Now, let me give you a little secret here. If you measure yourself according to your flesh, you'll never be able to tell the truth about yourself. The Holy Spirit has to reveal that to you. Don't think you're so big and bad that you don't need correction. Don't think that you're so special that you are better than anybody else. You need correction just like everybody else. So we want to recognize that when we look at we have our own weaknesses, we have our own needs, but we always want to make sure that we're getting those needs taken care of through the power of the Spirit. We have to be honest and ask God to search our heart. Search our hearts. That's in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. I won't read that just for the sake of time. But God, we're telling God to search our hearts. We have to apply Scripture to our hearts and minds. It's easy to apply Scripture to sinners around us, but it's harder to explore our own areas of need. Why? We sometimes don't tell the truth about ourselves. We, want to, we don't ever want to come down to a place where we're saying, Lord, I need you sometimes. That's one of the hardest things we can do is die to self and live for Christ. We have this reminder to do that, but we need to make sure that we are truly doing that. Die to self and live for Christ. We have to recognize that our spouse, our children and friends can probably help us with this <laughs> and make sure that they're calling things to attention, our attention, but we need to come back to our and look at it for ourselves as well, too. Sometimes our spouse will say, hey, maybe you shouldn't look at something like that in the manner you are. Or, hey, you know, your kids will remind you, Daddy, is that the right thing to do? Uh-oh. Hmm. Don't think the Spirit isn't working through your spouse or your, your friends, your children, <clears throat> to help you to stay on the right path. Amen? Getting all choked up thinking about <laughs> Getting all choked up thinking about that. So we always want to keep that in mind. The final thing to look at here is the practice of truth, practicing the truth. This is the action step in application. Practice the truth. Um, living in God's image, investigating the word, meditating on his word. A stands for apply. Apply God's word to truth. Application. And then you're going to practice it where you grow in this truth and then you're enduring his truth. That's where image spells. But you're going to do the action step of applying God's word. This is where you actually change your thinking or behavior based on God's word. God intends for us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Where have we heard that before? Romans 12:2. I don't have the time to read it, make a note of it. But that's where we want to have our minds renewed. That's how the Spirit helps us to apply the word correctly. The step of practicing truth requires the Holy Spirit's power. Amen? Once we know what to think or what to do differently, we have to consciously ask for God's help and then step out in obedience depending on the power of the Spirit within us. That's what it means to walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit? Go to Galatians 5.16. And we're going to close out, I believe, with that. Yes. Uh, we have one other passage I want to look at, but let's do it. Galatians 5.16. This is one of the things that um, it's important for us to recognize. Galatians 5.16 and Galatians, uh, and we're going to read through to verse 18. Verse 16 through verse 18. Verse 16 in Galatians 5. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. 
then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Amen? The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Hear that? Fighting each other. Spiritual warfare. You need to see this. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, this is verse 18, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So just do what the Spirit tells you. Don't worry about getting hung up in rules and regulations like in the old law. The old law that was what was burdening a lot of the people that um, Paul is writing to in the book of Galatians. They don't want to get caught up in the old law. Just do what the Spirit says. Stay in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Be filled by the Spirit. These are things we want to recognize here. Now that's actually um, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 talks about being filled by the Spirit. About not getting drunk with wine, being filled by the Spirit. That passage by itself, contextually, does it does make sense by itself. But being filled by the Spirit is something that, if you're if you're giving your attention to doing things like getting drunk, then obviously you're not allowing the Spirit to work in your life. Amen. So in that context, it's important for us to see that. We want to stay in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. When you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under the obligation of the law of Moses. You're not under any obligation whatsoever when it comes to what the world says or anything. Stay in the Spirit. One more passage. God gives us this to us as well, too. And I'm running a little longer than I wanted to, but I wanted to close out this study today. Go to John 14, 15. John 14, 15. And we're going to finish up after this, so no worries. But at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we conclude this study the right way and conclude it in such a manner where we are focused on what's really important. John chapter 14, verse 15. This is a memory verse, by the way, everybody. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. So we want to recognize that that's what our goal is. That's what we're always trying to do. In this battle of spiritual warfare, we're going to rely upon the Spirit to help us to be obedient to God's word and keep his commands. His commands are good for us. He loves us. He wants us to be successful in our walk in Jesus Christ. May we always live in such a manner where we allow the Spirit to help us through this and apply God's word correctly in our lives. Father, we thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for how you speak to us. We thank you for the power of the Spirit. We thank you for the indwelling Spirit that gives us what we need to be able to indeed truly live for you in all things that we do. Bless us and keep us, O Lord, as we move forward day after day. May we get stronger in the word. May we get more and more in a place where we sin less and honor and praise you more by our own actions. We thank you, Lord, for your teaching about biblical inerrancy, about your truth. May we always share your truth when called upon. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me for this study. We just give praise and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ for all that he is doing to teach us. We have a wonderful new study coming up next week starting in the book of John. Join us. We are going to get into the book of John. Never taught John before, but I have a feeling it's going to teach me as I go through it. But we appreciate you being here. 
stay tuned later online today for also uh, Pastor Gus's message online, a uh, pre-recorded message from before, and also our Zoom Bible study for those of you who want to get into a Bible study at 5 o'clock Eastern Time, 2 o'clock Pacific Time. We welcome you. We're in Luke there, so come and join us. We hope to see you. You guys take care of yourselves, and we will see you next time.